0: G Show. In this episode I'm going to talk about being a fatty eater. I don't really know if I am a fatty eater actually to be honest. I mean maybe we all are because we all have our own little foibles, our own little loves and desires and perhaps slightly strange ways of putting meals together. I mean you've only got to watch people in a work situation, in a canteen or not so much in a canteen, but maybe in a, in a communal kitchen, in an office, to see that we all have our own way of doing things. So I thought it'd be interesting to explore whether I am a fad eater, uh, what I eat, why I eat what I eat, and why I think it, uh, I seem to have it right, or at least I feel I have it right now, because I touch wood, I am healthy. So I'm going to talk about diets, I'm going to talk about fads, flavour, texture, comfort food, and I'm going to talk about my favourite meals and how my parents and my grandmother shaped the way I eat, and also what my daily diet consists of at the moment. So going right back to my childhood, a long, long time ago, I was brought up. Well, initially, by both parents, um, with quite an international flavour to it, sort of literally and metaphorically, in that my granny and my step-grandfather at the time um, lived in France. So I used to spend quite a lot of my holidays there. But I do know I was an incredibly fussy eater as a little girl, very fussy. I had a very limited diet, as, as I remember it anyway. I certainly remember I hated to have anything on pasta. I did eat pasta, I guess i would probably eat spaghetti in france maybe not in, in the uk actually but certainly when i used to go to france for my holidays but actually i was quite happy eating spaghetti out of a tin um because you know that's what we ate at home so and my mother was i don't think my mother was much of a cook in fact i think my father was more interested in cooking really but i mean i guess my mother was working a lot she was an actress she was out in the evening so she wasn't really cooking meals and To be honest, I don't really remember sitting round the table with both my parents eating a meal, not at home anyway. Um, And in fact, we only really ate in the kitchen and the kitchen wasn't the kind of warmest place to sit. It was kind of a funny L-shaped in this flat that we lived in. So, but I do remember my dad cooking for me and what he used to cook was, well, he'd cook steak. He'd also cook um, what he called Vienna sausages. I don't know whether they really are. I mean, now it's difficult to find the sausage that he used to call Vienna. They were like frankfurters, but they were not as long, and they were fatter, and they were redder, if that makes sense. So, and I'm not, to, to be honest, obviously they didn't have pork in them because my parents were Jewish, or at least they were... Not religious but they were jewish and i don't think my I and mean, my daddy did eat pork actually i'm talking bollocks but um these sausages were not pork sausages because they were kind of like kosher i guess and he used to go to this um jewish delicatessen in the edgware road called cohen's um, and i think they sold them so that's where he used to get them so he used to have that with not the classic german mustard but it's the more slightly more American or maybe Polish actually to be honest um, style mustard so it's got that sweetness it's not quite as strong as Dijon it looks like Dijon but it's not as strong so we'd have that and the other thing we would have as well is crane or at least that's what he called it how it's actually pronounced I don't know but having just googled it it seems to be spelt c-h-r-a-i-n so it might be chrain I don't know anyway if you've never heard of it it's horseradish and beetroot sauce And it's very hot. It really, if you've got a cold, I'll tell you what, it really clears your nostrils. Um, And again, I think it's, there's a sweetness from the beetroot that counteracts the horseradish, or I love horseradish sauce as well. Anyway, so we used to have that, and sometimes we'd have that with steak, actually. So those are some of the really powerful memories of my childhood. Oh, and one other thing, there was a lot of rye bread eaten in my house which I carried on much to my children's chagrin into um, my house when I had kids. And on that rye bread, we would put butter. And then we would put something called, it seems to be called anyway, Polish povidor. Don't know if that's the right pronunciation, probably not. Which is a kind of a a prune spread or a prune butter. And it's like a jam, but it's smooth. And it's not quite as sweet. It's got a sort of sourness about it as well. Oh, my Lord, it is so delicious. And happily, because there are so many Polish um, Polski skleps in London now and probably around the country, it's much easier to get. And even local supermarkets here where I live in North London, they have cottoned on to um, having a Polish section. So you can actually get this Polish povidol in my local bodgins, for example. And I still occasionally get it although to be honest I probably only have it for a day or two and then I forget it's in the fridge and then it goes off but anyway it's still there which is lovely to know so those are some of the the foods that I remember from my childhood but I know I was very fussy I know I tended to like plain food I don't remember having anything spicy I'll tell you what that changed big time but at the time I was pretty only interested in plain food really and then came my teenage years. Now, that was much harder because um, in my teenage years, I became a compulsive eater, which I've talked about in an earlier episode. So my go-to foods really there were Jacob's Cream Crackers. I could eat my way through a whole packet, but it had to have butter and blackcurrant jam on it. I loved bounty bars. I loved penguins. I also loved burgers dried peas and smash so pretty unsophisticated taste really I mean it's funny really when I think about it all those summers I spent with my granny in France I mean yeah okay I might have had a steak tartare now and again and you know plate of escargot but I mean I wasn't very sophisticated at all really but uh, and that carried on actually into my 20s so in my 20s I was living on my own for a while and then I was living with this guy the first time I'd lived with anybody. can't actually remember what he liked to eat to be honest. Um, Oh yes of course he was a vegetarian. Oh my lord of course. just remembered. So he was a vegetarian which obviously caused a lot of issues for me because I hadn't a clue. I mean I liked veg but you know not that much. So I think he was probably leading on the cooking front in those days. But one of my very favourite sandwiches, oh my lord, I absolutely loved it, was again the rye bread, so that was that's been a theme throughout my life. So rye bread, it's a very convoluted sandwich, really, but sandwiches were a bit like that in those days. So I had a double Gloucester with chives, which, you know, is not the most sophisticated of cheese, on some rye bread with butter. Followed by, oh actually did I have butter or not? Maybe not because salad cream was definitely a key ingredient of the sandwich. So let's say it was rye bread, salad cream, oh my god what was I thinking? But anyway it was a thing then, salad cream. Watercress, maybe a nod to being healthy, I don't know. And then double goss with chives and that was, uh, I mean it was not an open sandwich, this had to be a closed sandwich, so two pieces of rye bread. And it was something called Goswell's Light Sliced Rye. And it was it was sort of slightly uneven slices. It wasn't like a normal kind of Mother's pridey you know, every slice is the same size kind of thing. It was all, you had a very, you know, long bits in the middle and then the, towards the end, you've got very small bits of bread. It was kind of weird, but anyway, I loved it. So that would be a sandwich. The other thing I really loved, and um, so at the time... Or for a while anyway in my 20s I was working at the Skyline Hotel singing in the local resident band and um, why did I mention that oh yes because it was an evening job obviously we were singing in the evening and then at the end of the evening or maybe maybe we, were, we used to get a meal there I guess we must have done I don't really remember but I do remember having an Irish coffee every night without the Irish so an Irish coffee is when you get the um, we have to put sugar in it because I used to take sugar in those days and then you would get the where well, you put the Irish the whiskey in and then you'd get the back of the spoon and pour the cream over the back of the spoon so it would settle on the top of the coffee and then you'd drink this cold cream with this hot coffee underneath oh, and that was the only time I drank coffee actually I didn't really like coffee much but that was the only time I would drink it but without the Irish whiskey element to it And that was about it, again, about as sophisticated as I got. And that, we're talking, what, late late 70s, I guess. But then in the 80s, and also, by the way, yes, I didn't really drink alcohol. I mean, yeah, I'd drunk a few screwdrivers in my time to get pissed, but I wasn't interested in alcohol at all, didn't like wine, didn't really like spirits, didn't like anything. However, cocktail bars suddenly became a thing around about, I suppose it was the New Romantics era, sort of early 80s. And I kind of liked those because you could have a... Oh, God, what did, you, what did we used to have? I'm trying to remember some of the names. Anyway, whatever they were, very, very sweet. And you couldn't really taste the alcohol, which was kind of what I liked. And they'd be sort of blue curacao and God knows what was in them. So, you know, they were all in a little... That was in the days of the little paper umbrellas and all of that kind of stuff, which I really liked. thought you were amazingly cool. I used to hang out at this cocktail bar in um, Covent Garden. Anyway, um... In about, I think it was 1983 or 4 maybe, there was a competition, I think it was in Cosmopolitan, to win a trip to Rio. And what you had to do was you had to make a cocktail, or at least you had to invent a cocktail, and give it a a kind of snazzy, appropriate name. And that was what you had to do. And you had to list the ingredients, obviously. So, So I thought, well, this is good. And I decided to invent this cocktail. Now, I have to say, I didn't try it. I just wrote down ingredients that I thought would work. And I came up with what I thought was a really wizzy name, which was Ipanema Dreamer. Now, OK, don't forget, this is we're talking the mid-80s here. Anyway, I thought it was great. And apparently so did Cosmo, because they invited me, along with 19 other people, to the second round, as it were, the sort of semi-finals or the, the finals, to whittle it down to the winner to find the winner the only snag was as I'd never made this bloomin' cocktail i rock up to the uh, dorchester hotel where they're, where they're holding the the finals and you're supposed to make the cocktail and make it look appetizing or at least make it look you know beautiful and honestly i put this cocktail together and it looked like sick it was so disgusting i can't remember what was in it now so obviously they they selected me on the name alone and of course I didn't win however it was a bit of fun so yeah so that was my sort of 20s I guess going up into my 30s and then in my 30s when I had the kids I mean I was not a cook as has to be said yeah I could make a roast chicken a steak maybe a burger that was about it really um, and I uh, did used to rely a lot to begin with on ready meals so I used to go to M&S in fact I remember when M&S opened I think my daughter was about four and everybody went bonkers all the mums at the school gates went rushing to M&S because there hadn't been one in our area before so I did we, I did used to rely a lot on things like M&S fish pie M&S rice pudding M&S um, fish, uh, fish cakes as well and probably macaroni cheese Anyway, eventually, I kind of learned to cook a bit. And, I'm, you know, I was okay at it. But, I mean, it, again, it was because I had kids. I was making, excuse me, I was making a lot of um, shepherd's pies and, again, macaroni cheese and that kind of thing. And I did used to make homemade chips, actually, at one time, believe it or not. So, um, yeah, those were the kind of foods I ate. Oh, and the other thing is my son who I think has sort of inherited my faddiness faddiness, faddiness a bit, he and I, I don't know how we came up with this concept. It must have been me going to Tesco's or something at the time, found this tuna in a barbecue sauce. I know it sounds revolting, why would you? But at the time, oh my Lord, we loved it so much. We both used to have it on a regular basis. So that was kind of you know where I was at in my 30s and 40s I mean obviously I used to like eating out and all of that but I was still quite faddy and also the other thing to mention is I was always thinking about my weight and I used to eat far too much you see massive portions and my weight would yo-yo I mean not massively but because I'm quite small and I'm small boned half a stone or even a, certainly a stone just looks all wrong on me my face starts to puff out and I look you know pretty bad so i was always worried about my weight i was always trying to diet and mostly very unsuccessfully and on to my 50s the same really i i lost some weight i put it on i was you know not really sorted in that sense but actually what's happened now interestingly in my 60s i seem to have found some kind of way of eating that seems to work for me and I thought what i'd do now is tell you about my daily diet and what i eat so first to mention actually one thing is i don't know what i weigh i've got a rough idea because i was weighed by this place that i went to i went to have a body scan sort of, to measure my body fat because i was sort of slightly panicked that i might have a lot of visceral fat around my stomach that possibly my mother had and she died at 69 so i didn't want to have that anyway it seems as though I don't have that which is great I mean I've still got spare tires but what's in them maybe is you know not so important so um yeah so I so I kind of roughly know what I weigh but I decided about eighteen months ago or maybe longer to get rid of my scales and it was a huge big thing for me not to be hopping on and off the scales or not to know that I could hop on and off them if I wanted to it was a really big deal but it's been so much better for me because now I've got no choice I have no scales I I don't know what I weigh and that's it but I know that I must weigh about the same as I did 18 months ago otherwise my clothes wouldn't fit so actually it's been a really really good positive thing But the other thing that's been positive is I seem to have worked out a diet or a way of eating that works, that means I don't really put weight on. I mean, maybe it goes up and down a bit, but not appreciably. And that I I feel healthy and I feel generally well. So what do I do? Well, one of the big things that I've learned over the years, particularly as I'm quite small, is portion control. And I am quite careful about that because I know I have a tendency to want to eat and eat and eat until I'm stuffed. And I don't usually know when I'm full. I think I'll, I'll always have that problem, really. I mean, obviously, if I literally overeat until I'm stuffed, then I know. But I'm not good at stopping before that happens. And I should, really, because I'm small and I can't afford to eat too many calories. It's just, and especially as you get older and all of that. So this is my daily diet. So, in fact, I've, I've introduced a slightly new thing now as well in that I try not to have any breakfast until, well, between 12 and 14 hours from the time I last ate. So that means if, I, if I'm if i able to stop eating or have my last kind of snack or whatever it is um, before... So and um, say about nine half past nine at the latest, then I can eat again at eleven half eleven if I can go that long. Can't always go that long, but but often I can now. So what do I have? So in the morning I will have so my breakfast even if it is at half eleven will be usually some porridge oats from the sort of oats so simple so portion control see it's really good just snip the bag pop the milk in and I use full fat milk I don't like anything low fat I've cut that right out of my diet it doesn't taste of anything to me anyway it's all watery bollocks really I'd rather if I'm going to have something nice I want to have the proper stuff and I'll just eat less of it anyway so I have that and in the bowl along with the porridge I have some berries now I am addicted to frozen fruit well frozen raspberries and blueberries they are just when they're frozen they're all crunchy they're just oh they're so good i mean i know fresh raspberries are amazing but it depends which ones but you know especially if you get the scottish ones that are all dark and purpley but i i discovered frozen fruit about i don't know 12 13 years ago and i just think it's a it's wonderful and I actually buy the fresh raspberries and freeze them myself rather than buying the actual frozen ones which I'm not so keen on so I pop those in the bowl and I also put on either xylitol which is my the sugar that I use it's not sugar it's called xylitol and I mentioned it before I think in an earlier podcast and it is a it's kind of like a mushroom derivative or something um so it's it's healthy and it's about a quarter of the calories of sugar or i very occasionally if i'm at home i actually might put maple syrup on which i love and you can buy it in my local sainsbury's which is really good so i have that uh yeah so that's my breakfast oh i forgot a really keen ingredient and again it's a slightly new discovery for me so i was putting on yogurt full fat yogurt two tables um, yeah maybe two to three heaped teaspoons let's say but i've just discovered or i've just tried total five percent greek yogurt which is really good and it's maybe not quite as full fat as the yeo valley greek yogurt but it's still really delicious just because i couldn't get a hold of yeo valley in my local sainsbury so i thought i'd try this and it's really really lovely i highly recommend it so i have that and then I try not to have a snack when I'm at work. This is when I'm at work. I've stopped buying snacks, so I'm pretty good where I don't really have a snack until lunchtime. And then I have some veg. I am veg woman. So what I do is I either dry roast or sometimes fry a mixture of things. So I'll put in things like um, mushrooms, aubergines because apparently purple food is really good for you so the blueberries and the aubergines together nearly every day um not together eating together but (laughs) um on one day so yeah so um courgettes maybe so aubergine courgettes a bit watery courgettes but they're okay um mushrooms which are nice and meaty uh, cauliflower broccoli all of that dry fried so no oil at all no water. All I do is I sprinkle on some turmeric which has apparently very good health giving properties. Now I don't know if the way I'm using it works but I put it on anyway just for the hell of it. And some of my xylitol actually I put a bit of xylitol on there. Bung it in the oven for 25 minutes on quite a hot oven so it gets nice and crispy on around the edges. And then I might make a separate green veg in the normal way like boil a bit of green veg and then mix the two together and then the other thing I do, yes, I must put this in the show notes actually, my new favourite, another new favourite discovery, something called Jou or zoo, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it is a Yemeni paste and it's got um, coriander in it, oh it's so good and it's not as calorific as rose harissa which is another thing I love. Um, but anyway I'll pop a bit of that on oh sorry so I've cooked that Yeah, sorry I haven't told you what I do with it so I've cooked all that and then I wrap it up in foil and take some of it to work with me and I have a measured bowl or it's not a measured bowl but it's a bowl my bowl which I take to work and I use that bowl so I know exactly how much I'm having or at least I know I'm portion controlling now my only downfall apart from when I've heated it up I, have, I put chili, um, chilli flakes on is cheese i just i can't live without it i'm i think i'm slightly addicted to cheese i don't know i don't think i well i couldn't go go vegan unless i could find a substitute for cheese i just don't know what the substitute would be so i have to ask my vegan friend actually because i've got a vegan friend well he's really she is really close to my husband they used to work together and i need to ask her what she does to flavor things when she doesn't use cheese anyway So I put some grated cheese on the top, and that is my lunch. And then again, I try not to have a snack. I might have a bit more frozen fruit, actually, with a bit of yog. But I shouldn't really, but sometimes I do. And then when I get home, that's when I'm really starving. So about six o'clock, I, again, I tend to snack a bit on cheese. I know it's a bit naughty. I might even have a piece of bread, or I try to limit my carbs or my refined carbs. Sometimes I have a piece of toast with a bit of cheese because Ian, my husband, wants to eat really late or much later so we don't eat till about eight, half a stage. So I um, have the little snack and then for dinner... So at the moment I'm a bit more relaxed about dinner and Ian's been cooking a lot lately so I let him get on with it and I'll just have whatever he's having. And I try not to have too many potatoes but sometimes I do. And I have, this is when alcohol comes in, right? So I have, you know, probably 100ml of wine of an evening, except at the weekend where I definitely have a lot more than that. But during the week, if I'm going to have wine, and I tend to have a bit every day at the moment, I have about 100ml in a small glass, so I'm I'm relatively careful. I am careful about it. And then at about, well, it used to be 10 o'clock because I seem to be going to bed early and I don't know what's that just really tired at the moment i suppose because it's winter i am um, oh well okay it's technically spring okay but for me it's not spring till the 21st of march so that's it um so then i will have at about say nine apples nine i will have some more frozen razzos um raspberries and a little yog and a little uh, xylitol or Oh, actually, do you know what I forgot to mention? Oh, my new favourite discovery, if only I hadn't discovered it. Gail's Bakery have the most delicious chocolate flourless cakes, little mini ones. They're not that mini, which is quite good, and they're quite crumbly, and they keep for a week. They don't go, um, they don't seem, the air doesn't seem to bother them, so they don't go all dry. And I crumble some of that on my frozen razzos with yoghurt. Oh, God, it's so delicious. So that is the end of my eating. So I'm probably done by half nine. And that's it. And that's my day. And I do drink lots of water. I'm I'm very careful to drink lots of water. Well, lots of water. I probably have, I don't know, perhaps six glasses a day or something like that. At work, I have two or three. And then I have some at home because I have to take pills and stuff. So I... I'm a bit naughty. I probably go too long without drinking water because I forget about it. So I have to have glasses around the house and bottles and things just to remind me. And that, my friends, is my daily diet. So, yeah, I think I've covered everything, really. So I would be really interested. And, you know, I'm in my 60s now. Apart from having very dodgy knees, which are driving me around the twist, but apart from that... I feel really healthy I'm a bit tired at the moment but otherwise I'm okay. Now is this diet the right diet I don't know but I feel well. Yeah I take a few supplements which um actually I might as well tell you now what I take so I take in the morning I take one big vitamin C, a 100 1000 uh, milligrams or micrograms not sure anyway a big a big vitamin C tablet. I take a vitamin D tablet. I know some science has said it maybe doesn't do the bizzo, but I take it anyway. And then I also take um, a, a low dose aspirin, which is supposed to be good for inflammation. Again, some doctors say that you shouldn't take it because it might cause stomach bleeds, but that's what I do. And then in terms of other uh, so oh yeah I take a thyroxin that's got an underactive thyroid and in the evening I take a statin which I've just started to take again. And I also take these horse pills called Quarterflex, which I've just started taking over the last month, and they are supposed to be really good for your knee for for um osteoarthritis, which I have. How lovely! But it's mostly in the knees. So I'm trying that um and we'll see how we go. I think you've got to take it for a couple of months to see whether. It has any effect. So, yeah, so that's me. I would be really interested to know what you do. What do you do to keep healthy? Do you feel healthy? What's your diet like? Do you follow a particular diet? I mean, most diets, you know, most book diets, apart from Michael Mosley, and he's the only guy, because he's an actual doctor, um, medically trained, he's the only one whose books I have followed and advised, because actually I did do the fasting, the five to two diet five two diet um in 2012 which did help and this fasting thing is supposed to help as well in keeping your calories reduced a little bit so maybe i'm not i I don't particularly want to lose weight i mind losing five pounds probably around my middle but am i going to stress about it no so um yeah so i don't i'm not a fan of fad diets because i have probably tried every diet in the book up until i was about 40 something maybe 50 something even so I don't believe in any of those. However, that's not to say they don't work for some people, I guess, but I'm just not interested in them. And as I say, I feel okay at the moment. So yeah, do let me know. Um, you can get in touch with me on Twitter or on Instagram, where I'm at Doodar without an H at the end on Twitter and with an H on Instagram. I would love to hear what you think. And if you do, if you have enjoyed this podcast, I would be grateful if you would rate it and maybe even leave a review. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye.